other side. Good morning, Mr. White. Good morning, Mrs. Angel. How are you today? I'm living the dream because we have our first international guest and he's an absolute superstar. Are we joining us, David, uh, Dr. David Franklin, all the way from Boise, Idaho? Hey, David, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing? Oh, my goodness. We're excited to talk about your story. Um, we're going to kick straight into it. I'm going to talk to everybody about your alumni. So, uh, Dr. David Franklin went is alumni from Egremont. I should have asked this beforehand. How do Agri- I pronounce it? Egremont. Not oh, many I... people are going to know it either way. So no, excellent. So it's obviously a primary and secondary school. So went to Egremont for both primary and secondary school. He's a very learned man. Is our Dr. David David Franklin? He is an award-winning school administrator, education professor, curriculum designer, and presenter. He has a doctorate in education leadership from California State University, East Bay. He has a master's degree in education technology from National University and holds a Bachelor of Arts in Music from the University of California, San Diego. Um, So talk to us a bit more about his, um, the rest of his life, please, Whitey. Dr. Franklin is an education consultant and a professor of education for Colorado State University. He's also a Nazano Research Fellow, trained in high reliability schools, instructional rounds, collaborative teams, and PLCs, and has worked with educators and schools across the world. Dr. Franklin is CEO of the Principal's Desk, which has over 22, oh, 227,000 followers, so one or two more than we have. Just a few, uh, just yeah. Just a couple. And Dr. Franklin has presented at national and international education conferences and is a sought-after presenter in the area of academic intervention, school leadership, creating a shared vision, creating common assessments, and data analysis. Welcome, David. Thank you very much for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So we were just talking off-air about all of that presenting that he has done. He has not yet set foot on Australian soil and we need to change that for Dr. David yeah, no, Franklin. We we really do. Uh, so uh, yeah, let's let's make something happen. I would love uh, to come down. I'd love to that's... come down and visit and just be uh, just be there. I've just I just I've wanted to come for so long, and so uh, feel like this uh, this you know next year or so that's going to be my time. So I I, yeah. I totally believe it as well. So our podcast is all about um, celebrating the teaching profession and trying to attract more people to the teaching profession and um, really celebrating the the massive impact that a great teacher can have. So tell us, who is a teacher that has positively impacted your life? Wow, this is a fantastic question. And I've had some amazing teachers in my life. I've had some not so amazing teachers in my life, but I was really lucky because my mom was a teacher for 34 years and um, she taught second grade before I was born. And uh, after I was born, um, she like her first day back at work was my uh, first day of kindergarten. And so she went uh, and taught uh, a preschool nursery school for uh, 30, 30 years. Um, and uh she was the person who helped me set up my first classroom. She came down and helped me put like my posters up and told me, you know, what to do with kit. Like, you know, just told me how to do everything. Like, I, you know, like you, we learn so much, but yet so little when we go through our teacher prep programs. Like I learned everything from my mom 
And so, uh, you know, when I became uh, an administrator, I would ask her all sorts of questions too. And she had her answers and we didn't agree on everything. We had some debates over the years, which was fun. Um, but, uh, and I always lost those because she would say, well, I've been doing this a lot longer than you have. And I, and I, you know, I couldn't really Trump, say that's, anything that's to that. That's a Trump card, isn't it? That's it really Trump is. Card. I had nothing. She had 30 years of experience on me. So, um, but, uh, you know, she, she was the, the type of educator where we would walk down the street and uh, people would recognize her because uh, she'd been doing this for so long. And uh, over time, she had like the second generation in families come in. And so just, uh, you know, uh, if I had to zero in on just, you know, one pick one person, it's 100% be my mom. That's beautiful. And so tell me when, so when did you, you were, were a primary school teacher first? Yes. Is that right? So, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, so I, and, and so tell tell us your career path. Yeah. So I, um, well, I was a substitute teacher uh, for a year, which I recommend anyone who's listening to this, if you're not yet in the field, you don't have a, a full-time job, get out there and be a substitute teacher because you'll see and experience everything in education. Uh, so I did that for a year and then I was a music teacher for uh, five years total. So I taught, um, it's middle school here in the States. So it's ages around 11 to 14. Uh, and so I taught middle school music for five years and then I just started to apply for assistant principal jobs um, after I received my certification and uh, I got one up in, so I was living in San Diego in California uh, at the Southern end of the state. And I got a job in Northern California near San Francisco. And so we moved up there and I was assistant principal for one year. And then my principal took a promotion and I got thrown into the principal seat after one year of being an assistant principal and five years teaching. Oh my goodness. And wow. I made every mistake like known to man. Like I, I did everything wrong so that I, I could do everything right. So I had to fail many, many times. I got yelled at more times than I'd like to admit, but it made me uh, a better, a better educator. And so, uh, I had, uh, uh, I ran two schools, uh, a primary school and a secondary school. And um, then I left from that to go into higher education. So I worked at the university level for a number of years before going into consulting. And uh, I've had the pleasure of getting to work with schools across the country, really across the world, uh, and just talking to some great educators and and continuing to learn myself, which is uh, the selfish part of the job is that I continue to learn from everybody else. Everyone thinks that they're going to learn all these things maybe from me, but I end up probably learning more than anybody. So it's been, uh, it's been a wonderful journey so far. And so what, what made you when, uh, what made you want to step into that administrator role? So you're in the classroom and what, so what made you, what enticed you to that, that administrator role? You know, I, when you asked me who was, you know, the educator that most influenced you, um, you know, I, like I said, I had some great teachers. I had some not so great teachers and not so great experiences going up. I was not the kid who really loved school. I was not that kid. Um, I did well, but I wasn't like super excited about going to school every day. And um, when I became a teacher, I saw a path for me where 
you know, I could make the overall education experience for kids who were like me, who weren't super into school, just that much better. And so I, I also felt like I knew how to make strong connections with kids and families, and that was missing in a lot of the classrooms that I had seen. And so, um, you know, I, w- I was also, you know, kind of told by some folks who I worked with, including my principal, like, hey, this is something you should really look into doing. And I didn't know what I was doing. And so I, you know, I, when I got into it, I, I remember just being terrified for like two years going, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, huge imposter syndrome. Like I, I was waiting to be found out like David doesn't know what he's doing. Um, I think I covered it up really, really well, but, uh, I also admitted all my mistakes too, but you know, over time I wanted to, I think, influence the education system, um, here, you know, in the States where I live, it's a lot of issues. And I I know there's a lot of issues kind of everywhere because education is education. Uh, and so if I can, make it just a tiny, tiny, tiny bit better for some people, then it's worth it. And I think when I had my own children, it, it became a lot about like, I want to influence the school systems that they are growing up into so that they don't have to repeat some of the things that I had to that I wish I could I could erase from my memory. Yeah, I love it. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that that's definitely what made me because lots of people ask me as a principal, did you want to be a principal right you know, right from the very start. And the, the answer was absolutely not. I, I wanted to, I just wanted to teach. I, I love teaching and I got into it for teaching, not for anything more. But as you go along and you, sometimes you're inspired by somebody great and you want to be, you want to do their role. And sometimes you're inspired by less greatness and, and you want to go in and you want to influence and persuade people and, and actually yeah. change, change the system. So that's, well, that's I, great. That's beautiful. I, uh, yeah. I mean, I was happy being a music yeah. teacher. Uh, and I would do it again in a heartbeat. I loved it. Um, music is, it was my life before I became a teacher. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, here I found myself in that role. So, yeah, that's, that's amazing. I I really like that you mentioned, uh, that you were particularly good at creating relationships, um, and that sort of thing. And then, and then you saw a shortcoming of that in, in leadership. So you, you, you stepped into it, um, how exactly, how exactly how important is relationship building and how can we get more of that? into uh, leadership in our schools? I, I think it's, it's just about everything, mm-hmm. you know, and you can go back to all the research that, you know, states that kids, you know, won't learn teacher they don't like. And, you know, I, I've heard a lot of teachers say, you know, I'm not here to be their friend. You know, well, no, no, you're not. But at the same time, um, you are there to inspire them. And creating those relationships really helps. Now, when I got into teaching, I looked a lot different than I do now. So I was a musician. I was a guitar mm. player. I played in a band in a hard rock band in the nineties, long hair earrings. Um, <laughs> I, dr- I had to dress super professionally at work because if I didn't, I really looked a little on the scary side. Um, <laughs> but there were the kids that wore like the heavy metal shirts and you were all black that I connected with because I knew those bands and they always looked at me like, you know, that band. I'm like, yeah. And I saw them last year in concert. Did you? And of course they didn't because they were 12, Um, you know? And so I I continued that in, you know, when I was a teacher and then an administrator as well. And just, you know, I, music was my in with kids, but Mm. I also used like, you know, just pop culture in general movies, um, you know, just things that were happening in the world, sports, 
and um that's how like you you become more human to kids like there's there's a lot of funny graphics about you know when when you are a kid and you run into your teacher outside of school like at a restaurant or somewhere else and it's like this weird like like the universe is going to explode like that shouldn't happen don't you live in your classroom but showing them that we are real people you know just it helped me immensely and then they would go home and the kids would tell their parents about like oh like mr franklin saw you know metallica in concert like over the weekend and they'd be talking about their principal to their parents which never happens unless something bad happened and so you know i use that to my advantage but i think relationships is everything it's it's you know, and, and often forgotten about because we're trying to, you know, let's talk about instruction. Let's talk about pedagogy. Sure. But it, again, the kid doesn't like you. <laughs> you're not going to, you're not, I don't care what, you know, instructional program you're using. It's going to fall flat. So true. Yeah. I find it really, really challenging because um, I'm the same. Like I, I want to show students that I'm a real human being as well. And I am, um, I like stuff outside of school. But I'm finding it really challenging to keep up with pop culture at the moment. Like I keep dropping Simpsons gags, and they don't get it, and it's 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 blows my mind because how how do you not get that? But you know, it, it's really hard for me to keep catching up with uh, you know all the stuff that they're into now. Oh, it's 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 very hard. I <laughs> I learn a lot from my own children. Um, you know, as far as like the music and TV shows, like you know, 20 years ago, there was no Netflix or Hulu. Yeah. So like, you knew all the TV shows, yeah, you know, right. now my kids are watching things. I'm like, what is that? I've never heard of it. And so, um, you know, with, with schools that I work with, I still will throw out things, you know, I, I keep up enough where I'm okay. And I know just enough pop culture, just enough sports where I can hang on to a conversation the best I can, but I have not used, I'll be honest, I have not used the Simpsons uh, line in a long time. <laughs> Did you write that down, Whitey? Because uh, maybe no, just don't. eliminate that one from your repertoire. <laughs> but I have so many, I have so many Simpsons gags. I mean, there was probably, I probably used a lot of them a while ago, yeah. but uh, yeah. They, yeah. Give them another 10 and years and you'll become, you'll become cool again when it's, it'll be retro and cool to, oh, to watch sure. old reruns, but you're just a little, <laughs> a little tiny bit out of touch right now. <laughs> but as we were talking about before, also Mr. White is also utterly exhausted with his um, six, three and one year old. So oh. he's, um, he's just lucky to be awake right now, actually. I am across yeah. Teen Titans and I am across the Wiggles. Um, and yep. A few other, few other things. I hey Dougie, well. hey Dougie's great, but that's not so big with the, uh, yeah, the bigger kids now. No. Yeah. And you only work with grade year sevens to year twelve, so yeah, I don't know yeah. if they're watching Hey Dougie. I think it's a different conversation. I don't think they should be in your um, senior sure. English class. <laughs> that's a, that's a Maybe they need for to. Olds, for those who are not familiar, but yes. 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 <laughs> um, so, um, David, I came across your. Um, your your Facebook group, the Principal's mm-hmm. Desk, and I know that you do a lot a lot more than the Principal's Desk, but um, on a professional and personal level, I've found the Principal's Desk to be um, a little, not a little, an enormous network of um, principals from around the world who are having very similar um, difficulties to me. So, like you said before, you know, there's lots of difficulties in in American education right now, it's it's just education in in general, definitely I believe. Um, so what 
so and when I looked just before, two two hundred and twenty seven thousand followers on the principal's desk. How did this come to be? What what? How did the principal's desk start? Yeah. Um, so I had just left a being a school principal, and I was in at the university uh, teaching, and I started to write a little bit and blog and. Um, I wasn't terribly happy with like the places that I could post, like they weren't getting a lot of views or there are all these rules associated with these sites. And so I just decided to make my own Facebook group and post in there. And that was the principal's desk. Uh, and I remember creating it like on Facebook, like not really knowing what to do. Like, how do I create a group? Like, I'm not like a, I wasn't, I, I, I'm technologically savvy, but not social media and like that stuff was not, you know, uh, not, not necessarily my thing. So I created this group this? 2016. Mm-hmm. And so I, and I wasn't on Facebook before that because as a principal, I just wanted to stay away from personal social media. Just, I wasn't on it, but it, like literally I, I changed, prof- you know, changed jobs and I got on social media and so I created this group and I invited just people that I knew personally to the group, just like, Hey, I'm writing these things, you know, come check it out, whatever, or, or don't like whatever. And, uh, you know, people started to join it, which I always thought was really funny. Um, I was like, why are you here? Like, that's so weird. Um, so I you know, was letting some folks in. I remember I hit like a thousand people and I was like, wow, like this is insane. Like, um, you know, like this is just, it's, it was, it was weird. And so I kept doing it, kept doing it. And then all of a sudden and I do, and I just saw the graphic, the 25,000 uh, marker. And I remember I was turned, I turned to my wife, I'm like I, this, I, I could not imagine this, like, you know, and it took a while to hit 25,000. It took like five years. I mean, it, it took, it took a while. And I would say about two years ago, it just blew up. And I don't know why. Um, but it started to get about a thousand requests a day to join. And, um, it was just me approving people. And then I, I would like get, call over to my wife to like, can you help me like approve people? So there's two admin on the site. It's me and my wife who do this. And so, 227,000 people. Yes. And so, and I get a lot of requests all the time to add, you know, can you, I'll help you out, dude. And it's like, we keep it kind of close to the vest a little bit, you know, so that, you know, it, it, it stays the same, but, you know, we let in, um, it's probably, wow. I mean, a couple thousand a week, like it's crazy. Uh, we have about 80,000 views a day. Um, you know, when I look at the analytics and it, it really is this global thing. Now we have 190 countries, um, represented, which, um, the only countries we don't hit a bunch of those don't allow Facebook in the country. And so it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know, um, but we have some, some countries represented that I'll be honest, I had not heard of before. I was not familiar with them, but yet there's educators there that, you know, uh, uh, look at the site. And, you know, when I go and I do consulting, you know, for whatever, you know, whatever work I'm doing, I'll mention it. Or if I'm at a conference, I'll mention it. And there's, always someone who will raise and be like i know what that is like i'm on in that group and it's again like i didn't set out to do anything like that it just kind of happened and the fact that 
so many people use it, but so many people like have found it to be very helpful for them has been wonderful to hear. And that's the feedback that I get a lot is that it's, you know, it's a place where you can go to get ideas or to get feedback on something before implementing it at your school and great way to network. And hey, you know, it's just, it's been a, it's been a journey. It's been fun. So initially you just thought I've got some, I've, I've, I've been a principal. I've got some things that I want to talk about and I want to put out to the world that I want to contribute. So, so that's how it started. That's how it started. I look back at those original posts from me and they're not good. Like, like <laughs> I, I look back and really, like I thought that like, they're not good, but I, at some point it, it struck a nerve with people. I don't think it was my post. I just think it was the generation of this community that people wanted to be a part of not again, not because of me, but because of everybody that collective and like, you know, like I said, 190 countries, 227,000 people, you know, seven, eight years later and still going super strong. That's it's very, very, very cool. And it, and it does just keep on getting bigger and bigger and you're right. Um, so some people are just putting questions out there. Um, you know, how, how do I, this is something that's happening to me right now. How can, can you help? Some people are thinking about implementing things, something in the future. Has anybody got some ideas about how to implement this? Some people say, Hey, I just landed this job. Um, a bit like, um, like David talked about before. I, I've, I've just, I've, I just stumbled into this, this position. Help me out. What, what do I, what are my definite yeah. do's and do nots? Um, yeah. And, and some people also, um, go on there just to also put it out there about their, their terrible day. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it's nice to see a community rally around them that, um, about kind of putting them back together and, and sending them back, slapping them yeah. on the button, send them back out, um, For into sure. the rabble, yeah. which is nice. Well, it's, you know, there's a, a, there's something that I say a lot to, to new principals and it's actually in, um, the quotes in, in my book that's going to come out in November, but um, it's, you know, when you become a principal, uh, you know, and I tell people this, look behind you, you know, who in your office, like who's there? And, and the answer is no, nobody's, I'm in my office by myself. I'm like, that's what it's like sometimes to be a principal. And when you are a school leader, there are times when you can't vent or ask questions to people because you're supposed to know everything or, and it, you don't want to seem like you don't. So a lot of people go on the principal's desk and ask questions and they say this, like, I can't ask this at my own, in my own building. I'm going to ask it here. And again, like I made every mistake because I did ask those questions to the people I was in front of because it was, you know, early two thousands. And so um, it's provided that, that help and support, which again, 50, 50, uh, you know, posts in a couple minutes, you know, responses back to people's questions. And it's, it's really nice to see that. It's nice when you you don't have to, um, even though you probably started it to have a platform for your own voice. Now you don't have to be, um, you've surrounded yourself with people um, equally as smart as you and, and, and probably respectfully smarter than you oh, out there, which is the people I like to, sure. to, to surround myself around. That's why Whitey's here. Yeah. Um, oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and just knowing that they've kind of got each other, that's nice that you can, you can sleep and, and, and they're going to kind of take care of each other. There are a few folks, I won't, I won't say their names cause I don't know. I'm they're in the group, but I don't want to like, you know, publicly say anything, but like there are a few folks that are within the group that are, I will say major like players in the education, you know, game with the books they've written 
you know, the, the speaking engagements they have. Uh, these are people that I, I definitely look up to. They are in the group and I'll see them answer questions. Like I am not touching it. Like they got like, you know, and it's, it's, it's like, and mic drop. There you go. Yeah. And there's there. nothing, you know, don't, don't, don't tag me. No one tag me on there. And be like, David, what do you think? Like I, I'm what he said, you know, or what she said over there. Like, I don't, you know, and so no, it has nothing to do with me, which is amazing. Uh, you know, it's the community and, you know, it's, again, it's that old kind of saying where the smartest person in the room is the room itself. And it's that collective yeah. knowledge that I think is super helpful to people. Yeah, what a great Couldn't support. Couldn't agree more. And the one thing I learned through life is every time, you know, I see the next level up or someone achieving higher than me, I think, well, they know so much more than me. They, they have so much more experience and background knowledge and they might, but I always assume that that equals confidence and that equals knowing exactly what to do all the time. And it's never the case, is it? Every single stage you're at, you've always got that doubt. You've always got that need for that support network there. And what Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you, David, was a lot of the time we see our leaders asking, how can we support the staff? How can we support the teachers? I want to know, how can the teachers and other staff support the leaders? That's a great question. Um, Because (laughs) you're absolutely right. Like there's... um, this sense that, you know, leaders, you know, we know everything and we're confident mm-hmm. and we don't go back and we don't get emotional in our offices and we don't mm-hmm. drive home angry, which I did many, many, many times. And I didn't want anyone to see it, but I drove home mad. And, um, you know, I would say it's that, it's that open communication and respect uh, and it's mutual. And I, I worked with so many amazing teachers over the years, but, there were some that just purposely wanted to butt heads with me every single day. And they were very difficult to work with. Um, Keeping that line of communication open, super important, but also, you know, uh, always recognizing that there's positive intent with educators. I don't think any of us got into education to be horrible people to, to others. We got here, you know, kind of all for the same reasons. We wanted to make a positive impact in the lives of children. Um, I didn't become a principal because I wanted to make my teacher's lives miserable and be that stick in the mud. I, that's not what I wanted. I wanted to help children just like my teachers do. So making sure you have that shared kind of, uh, you know, momentum moving forward, that shared respect for each other. And you know, my job, I always felt that my job as principal was to support my teachers 100% um, because they're the ones with the kids. On the flip side of that though, I could help make their lives better if they were, (laughs) if they told me, you know, this is what we need and this is what, you know, this is how you can help us or, you know, Hey, great job with this too. We really appreciate it because that goes back and forth because again, you turn around, there's no one there as a principal. There's no one you can be like, I had a horrible day. I had to call my wife on the phone and be like, I'm having a horrible day. And she doesn't need to hear that. Um, You know? And so, you know, it can have that mutual respect that open communication that goes both ways. Mm. Yeah, great. yeah, I agree. That's, that's beautiful. Um, because you don't know how to help somebody if they don't, um, if they don't tell you. And so, yeah, making sure to don't, don't sit on it. If something's, um, really making your life difficult, your principal does actually want to know that because mm-hmm. they don't want mm-hmm. your life to be difficult mm-hmm. because if your life is super difficult, that's going to impact your kids and our yeah. shared, Sure. Um, 
alignment is about the you know, we care about the kids. Yep. Yeah, the shared goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I like that. Thank you for answering that. Um, so, David, I would love to know. So, we talk about some things here on the show. We talk about magical moments. Um, we talk about uh, we ask our teachers to share um, to to call in and send in their magical moment from that week or or for the, from their career so far when you've you know that you've really impacted a kid or a teacher, um, and you kind of you get to swagger out of rather than roll you know crawl out of your office um you kind of swagger out of your classroom or out of your office going yeah i changed lives today um so is there something is there a magical moment that kind of stands out to you from either your teaching or your principalship or or recently uh yeah um i have a couple um for sure over the years i'll i'll i'll, I'll talk about one here so when i was uh the, my first school that i was a principal at was in a tough neighborhood, I had some kids at my school that were going through some really, really tough situations at home. Um, this is a lower income neighborhood, a lot of immigrant families uh, from Mexico and other you know, Central American countries. Uh, so a lot of poverty. Um, there were gang issues uh, around my school as well. And I had one, well, I had many kids that unfortunately fell into this, but one in particular, um, he was just a thorn in my side for three straight years. He got in trouble a lot. He was he was very disrespectful to teachers in the classroom. He would get into fights. Uh, he would throw up gang symbols, uh, which would get you into trouble immediately at my school. Um, and his his mom was not super helpful either. She usually defended her kid, uh, and so her and I would get into arguments and. You know, she would end up at the district office complaining about me. You know, we've all been there with some of these families. Um, but I I kind of stayed the course with this family. And I, I always let them know, like, hey, like, I, I'm doing these things because I want to see your son graduate from high school one day. I want to see him go to college one day. Uh, otherwise, the path that he's going on, there's only one way he's going, and that's unfortunately six feet below. Um he ended up uh, leaving my school at the end of eighth grade, uh, which is middle school here in the United States, and going off to high school. And it's a different district, so I couldn't, I lost touch with him. Um, but, and I heard he dropped out, and you know, that's, that's all that I heard for a while. I got an email a few years later uh, from the family saying that he was back enrolled. And he was going to be graduating high school uh, at the end of that year and that he'd basically straightened himself out and he was going to be enrolling in college the next year. And uh, it was a kind of a thank you note to me, um, which I, I was very clear to let them know, like I was one wow. piece of that puzzle. Uh, we had an amazing teamwork with the family, but, um, you know, they said thank you for not basically giving up on us. Um, and so that's one of those like ring the bell moments, like, oh, this is why I do this for a living. It's not to, yeah. not to get yelled at. It's not to, you know, uh, you know, just deal with, with discipline all day long. It's, it's those moments where you're like, you know, there, a decision was made by this family to, you know, either turn right or turn left and they turn the right way. And if I had a little bit of a, 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 
a piece of that decision, then, hey, you know what, I'll hang my hat on that and uh, feel good about that and pat myself on the back and say, good job. Uh, it's one of those moments because uh, he was headed for some very, very bad times. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. at that school, we lost kids. Um, I went to funerals. I, you know, uh, even after the fact, I found out that kids um, were killed after the fact, after I had left. And uh, he's one where I'm like, you know what, I hope he's somewhere. And this is many years ago now. I hope he's college, you know, got his college degree and family and a career. And, uh, you know, he's going to, he's going to do the same thing I did with his kids, you know, make sure they're, they're going to be successful and not give up on them. So, yeah. It's beautiful. Nice work, David. It really is goose, goosebump moments. And we know as a principal, um, you know, at the end of the year, it's lovely to, it's so great to see the, the kids, you know, there's a gift for the, um, for the teachers and really and lots of thank you notes to the teachers because of that, that relationship that we talked about right from the start that they nurture all year and and the transformation that you can see in a kid in a, in a year and as a principal um, you're also doing the hard yards um, not always getting to have all of those bright moments with the kids you're really dealing usually dealing with parents um, and students at their darkest mm-hmm. moment um, and the most difficult and with the most emotion involved um, and so I'm certain that there's lots of other families that, that you've probably had a big impact on that they didn't sit down and write an email to. But that receiving that email is is um, kind of a token of, of all of those hard conversations yeah. that you've had. Yeah, well, thank you. I, I, I hope there are others that remember the good things. I know that there are others that don't feel that way, unfortunately. But, um, <laughs> you know, that's also part of the job, too, you know. And uh, that is. what are you going to do? Exactly. Yeah, you're just gonna you're gonna come back into work the exactly. next day. That's what you're exactly. gonna do. That's the most important thing that you can yeah. do. Yeah. Um, awesome. I want to also ask, and this is putting you on the spot a bit. Um, so we also talk about teaching tales. So you've had um, you've had a, a pretty a pretty spectacular career. Um, so the teaching tales for us are those stories that only teachers can tell. Um, because that's why people invite us to barbecues and parties because teachers tell great stories about yes. the mad mm-hmm. things that happen um, at school because teenagers and small children say the craziest things and do the, the, the strangest things. So do you have a teaching tale at all that springs to mind? Um, that's your go-to, um, go-to party story? I mean, just one. I mean, there's the <laughs> actually exactly. your book that's exactly. releasing in November. Is it I, just a is it just a, a book full of teaching tales? I have actually considered that because I mean, I it's funny you said like this is why we get invited to like parties. Like I used to tell these stories at parties, and mm. I you know was I've been friends with you know police officers and you know people with like exciting jobs, but yet my stories for some reason like people were most interested in. <laughs> Um, same school. Um, I just rem- I I can picture her face and I can remember her name. Now. I haven't thought about her in a long time. Uh, a young lady who uh, just pushed everyone's buttons. Ended up in my office all the time. Um, at at that moment when I was at that school, uh, cell phones had just become getting like cheaper. And so uh, we did have uh, some kids that did have cell phones on campus. 
Uh, and we had a very strict cell phone policy, like you can keep them in your bag, but they have to be turned off. And then you can turn them on at the end of the day when you're you know, leaving. Um, and so this young lady had her phone confiscated, I don't know how many times. And so uh, my rule was, you know, uh, I'm going to keep it to the end of the day. And then your parent has to come and pick it up from my office. And if your parent doesn't come for a week, then I keep it for a week. Um, but I'm not giving it back to the child. And so it took this mom a couple of days and, and she did not like me. This, this mom really didn't like me. And so um, I brought her in my office and she said, you know, you don't have a right to like take my child's phone and this and that. And uh, I said, well, no, I do. It's in our, 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 our rules here and uh, I'm not keeping it. I'm going to hand it back to you, but you had to come in and um you know, and I, and uh, she said, well, how do you know that's my daughter's phone? And I'm like, we, we took it from her. She's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't recognize that phone. I don't think you took it from her. And so, you know, on your cell phone, you can, you can see the number of the, of the actual phone. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm yeah. going to call the phone and I'm going to see whose voice is on the voicemail, call it up. And um, it's of course her daughter's phone. But somehow she had used a friend's cell phone throughout the day to change her outgoing message. And so her outgoing message, instead of saying, hi, this is so-and-so, leave a message or whatever, she changed to, hi, this is so-and-so, Mr. Franklin confiscated my phone, so don't leave a message. But I edited it because she didn't say Mr. (laughs) Franklin. She said something else that I won't say on your podcast. (laughs) Does it, does it also start It also with starts F? with F. And um, oh, so I had it on speakerphone for the mom. And she, I, I kid you not, was like, that's not my daughter's voice. And I'm oh, like, gosh. I'm looking at her going, are you kidding me right now? Like, and it was like, and I think my assistant principal was also in the office. And we were, we were trying not to laugh because it was the most ludicrous thing like i'd ever like experienced before like a you said it wasn't your daughter's phone and now you're saying that's not her voice like that's crazy and so uh that was a good one i did of course give the phone back because we i have no you know reason to keep it but it was just funny and i was like and i think i kept a recording of her outgoing message for a while just because i thought it was hilarious as you know and it just was one of those things is like i cannot believe not only did the kid do that but then the mom didn't (laughs) like no i'm i'm not i'm gonna die on this hill she was gonna die on the hill and i'm like there's one thing that like people know in this world like it's your kid's voice like you know what like i I could hear a thousand voices and i could zero in on my kids like you're telling me that's not your kid's voice like it was just it was hilarious it was hilarious yep Uh, that's good that's really really good Uh, i can be chapter i know i know Um, there's there's a lot of material there a lot of material. There is real. That's uh, we need to somehow pull all of those amazing <laughs> stories. Like, who wouldn't want to be a teacher um, when they can? When you can read all of those. This is yeah, happen yeah. To these you. are things you'll deal with uh, for sure. One of um one of the awesome contributors to the principal's desk, John McDonald. Um, he wrote a story on the principal's desk, and I contacted him and asked him if I could use it on our podcast about um some eighth mm. graders who found themselves um, in front of him with handcuffs on. So he was quite quite the teaching tale as classic. as well. Yes, it was yeah. a classic story. Very good. And gee, he writes beautifully, doesn't he? 
he um, oh, writes quite the story. Mm. He could edit the book for us. Um, That's a good idea. Yeah, there you go. You're writing this yeah. down, Whitey? Like, get this, get this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, um, we could talk all day and um, and I would love to. Uh, maybe we'll talk to you again once your, your book comes out in oh, November and we can hear you. a bit more about that. It would be Wonderful. very cool. Or maybe we'll just talk in person when you find yourself um, presenting. I would love to. I would love to. This year. Mm. Let's, Let's make that Let's dream come true. Um, so before we let you go, though, we want to play a game with you. Is that okay? We would like to play the alphabet game with you. Um, you're going to play against Mr. Mr. White. Hello, Are we Whitey. willing to take I, the I like games. I don't know if I'm up to the task, but I'll, I'm going to give it my best. All right. Well, you stretch. Um, I'll play the intro, and then <laughs> and then we'll um, we'll get this done. Play alphabet game. All right. So the alphabet game is when I will ask you to name something in a category and then I will give you a letter. You need to call out an answer that corresponds with that letter. For example, name a chocolate bar starting with C and then you would go, then Mr. White would get that. Um, it's okay. That's, that is always the, um, the practice okay. question there. So he, we expected him to, to have the jump on you then. That. All right. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. All right, here we go. Um, you should go into this with a fair bit of confidence. I, I haven't. You, re you really should. No. All right. Name something found in a school locker starting with L. Library book. Oh. Boom. Better than the one else. Dr. Franklin. <laughs> Dr. Right. Franklin is up. Oh, early lead. Best of three, by the way. It's best of three, is that right? It is best of three. It is. Okay, nice work. Okay. Okay. All right. Start. Well uh, score, score check, one nil. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank to the you. doctor. Yes, we don't need a score check. <laughs> we only just have one question. Excellent. Okay. Um, name a school in... Boise, Idaho, starting with H. Heritage Park. Oh. That was loaded. I mean, <laughs> I that was a loaded question. Come on. I mean, okay, all right, if, all right, if, all right. If Will was able to get that one, I would have, I would have just left because, like, that would have been the most amazing answer in the world. It really would have been. And frankly, he could have said anything because I, mean, I, don't I know also all the could have said anything Boise, too. I, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to assume that you're not a man that would you lie to me. Um, <laughs> I will afterwards. I'm, I'm certain that Will will. Yeah, Whitey will definitely be looking oh, that up. Will. Uh, Lodge nice work. All right. Yeah. Well, that, that's yet another win to, um, well done. Well to done. our to guests. And. Um, yeah, I think that is uh, Mr. White is still yet to get on the scoreboard at any stage, no, which is right. awkward. I'm warming into yep. it. You are. Um, all right. Well, before we go, can you tell us a little bit more about your book, a little bit more to our listeners mm. to say how they can yeah. connect with you and your work or how they can connect with you to get you over uh, to Australia to present at one of our amazing. conferences? So, uh, yes, make it I do have a book coming out. It's the first book that I've written on my own. I've been a contributor to a few books over the years, but 
this book that's coming out is called Advice from the Principal's Desk, and it is written for uh, new administrators. And it's going to take you through five categories or five pillars of things that you just need to focus on. Uh, there's a lot of books out there that say, here's 30 things, here's 100 things, uh, five, five things. So it's, it's a it, yeah, digestible so it's instruction. It's just overall leadership, it's attendance, it's culture, and it's community. And those five things, um, nice. you know, focus on those. It does, there are, I call it Tales from the Principal's Desk. So there is a story that I also add in there. But these are things that um, worked for me. And uh, as much as I do joke about it, and I did make every mistake known to man, I also left both schools uh, and they were award-winning schools by the time I left them um, because of just the amazing work that we collectively did. And I, my job was just to bring everybody together is what it was. And so we focused on those five things. So that will be released uh, in November as long as we stay on track. The manuscript has been submitted. And so now it's editing and publishing and oh, everything. Great. So um, November. Um, if you uh, if you want to get a hold of me, a couple different ways you can do it. If you are a member of the Principal's Desk Facebook group, you can uh, DM me there, uh, or you can always just email me at david at theprincipalsdesk.org. Uh, that's my direct email. Come to me. I would love to come visit Australia and do some maybe a little bit of a tour uh, of some sorts there, hit a couple spots and uh, spend some time down there. So I am willing to travel. I would love to come down there. If me coming down isn't in the cards, I also do things virtually as well. So reach out if there's anything that I can do for you. Also just visit uh, org. That is my website. Uh, and that gives you a lot more information about professional development and, uh, and other things that I do. Awesome. Wonderful. That sounds great. Uh, and mm. obviously, if you find yourself in um, Brisbane or Melbourne, then obviously we will chaperone you <laughs> and your gorgeous family around and show you all of the great sites. Um, Absolutely. So we, how can listeners get in contact with us? So we have our email address, teacherschangelivespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we also have our Facebook site and our Instagram sites, Teachers Change Lives podcast. Uh, we are wanting people to send some things through to us, don't we, Whitey? What, what do we want from people? Yes. We want our magical moments. We want teaching tales. Uh, send them in, please. We love them all. Uh, and also reviews. Leave us a review. We love hearing what you think of us. Thanks. Beautiful. Love it. Um, all right. So thank you again, uh, Dr. David Franklin. You have been an absolute delight and um, we definitely need to do a part two. We'll, we'll plan that so. um, after the book is released and you can tell us some, um, some of those stories from the books if we don't see you face-to-face <laughs> beforehand at a conference um, coming to Australian shores. That would be wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. All Thanks right. Well, thank you to all the teachers out there, the teachers who are people who are about to become teachers, teachers, people who love teachers, parents of teachers, students who have been taught by teachers uh, or people who've just had teachers before. They're all the people joining our podcast. It's great for That's you everyone. to swing by and we will see everybody next week. Mm-hmm. See you, Mr. White. <laughs> see you, Dr. Franklin. Bye. 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 Bye.
Riverside.